0: everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Kate Hamilton Health Podcast. So in today's episode I chat with Rory Skerritt. So Rory is an online coach and his business is Rory Skerritt Coaching. In the show notes you'll see I've linked his details anyway if you enjoyed the episode and you want to connect with him. Um, so Rory tells, we start off and we talk a little bit about his story, his background, his journey and how he went from owning four gyms to to becoming an online coach kind of forcibly. So with when COVID hit and how he had to close his and sell his gyms and, um, is now working as an online coach and what he's discovered from working with people online that he was actually able to get better results with his clients from working with them online than he ever did on the gym floor. So we talk a little bit about online business at the start, but then we get into the whole topic of fitness and we really talk, spend a lot of time talking about why it's important to find what works for you and how what works for one person going to the gym four times a week might not be for you. And, you know, you might enjoy running. Someone else might enjoy spinning. Someone else might enjoy yoga. Someone else, you know, and we talk about how any movement is good and finding what works for you is key to longevity and setting up good habits for life. And then again, we talk about nutrition, fat loss, and he talks a good bit about his mortgage repayment scheme, which is, you know, kind of put equating kind of calorie balance to like a bank balance and how if you have a goal how long it's realistically going to take you to get there by putting your savings in each each month or you know counting your calories for a certain amount of time and it was really kind of refreshing and interesting way to look at things and then we talk a little bit he talks a little bit about how you know that everyone talks about a balanced lifestyle Um, myself included, and how he would argue that in order to reach a fat loss goal, that it needs to be a little bit imbalanced, as in you would need to be in a calorie deficit. So there has to be a little bit of an imbalance there. And we kind of have that discussion of, yeah, okay, you need an imbalance to get to a goal. But then it needs to be brought back up to balance, and nobody ever really talks about when you reach your goal how you get those extra calories and how you get to enjoy life again if it's done properly. And um, I challenge him a little bit then on the kind of the sustainability factor of getting that imbalance and to get that right that whatever imbalance we create in order to reach our goals need to be sustainable ones that you know after we reach our goals we don't just say fuck it and suddenly we're back to where we're at so anyway really really good conversation Um this guy has years of experience he's in the fitness industry since day one and he has the education behind him as well he has a degree Um so he really does know his stuff he really cares about his clients and it really comes through th- it comes through in the conversation so I hope you enjoy the conversation and without further ado let's get to the episode Rory, welcome to the podcast. Thank
1: you very much. I saw a little countdown happening there and I was getting a little heartbeat going. I was like, okay, let's go. We're ready.
0: <laughs> the sweats have started. <laughs> but, so whereabouts in the world are you right now?
1: Uh, currently in Phuket in Thailand, um, which is a, a normal enough place to be if you're in, into fitness. But um, I travel a good bit. So like I'm based in Limerick in Ireland and then Dubai here, Marbella. They'd be the four locations that I would spend most of the year year in um but yeah a bit of a different one from an irish lad sitting out in thailand but it's fine um weather is nice and hot it's 30 degrees pissing down rain every two days we're in wet season out here and it's it's lovely it's lovely
0: so is it really humid and like hard to breathe and
1: yeah yeah like you, you literally go from like so i wear glasses so The minute i hop out like i'm in my room right now but the minute i hop out that door straight away it's just foggy glasses you have to clean everything you're changing your shirt three times like it's it is like being in a sauna all the time. Um it's difficult, difficult for a pale Irishman to be <laughs> out in this weather all yeah. the time.
0: Yeah. And is it like to train in this weather? Or are the gy- like are the gyms over there air conditioned or are they outdoor gyms where you're actually training a in mix. this humidity?
1: A mix. So I I'm one of those weird people that have like three gym memberships, when I'm out here. So um you can't see this, but if you were watching my Instagram story, you'll see it. But my apartment is here. My gym is underneath me, and that's like a really poor air conditioned. I do like a CrossFit style class, which is down the road. That's literally outside; like you can run just straight out onto the road, literally in front of traffic. That's all outside, and then I have a gym membership that's twenty minutes away by bike, which is like one of the fanciest gyms I've ever been in. It's four floors, and the air conditioning is like being in a freezer. So you have a mix of everything. Um, but like in the warm up, like I in the classes, the fitnessy class stuff. So you they do CrossFit, but they're doing more boot camp stuff on the side. In the warm up. You might as well have hopped in the shower, and you're done. You're taking your T-shirt off straight away. So it's it's one of those things that in the first week I was literally getting gassed just by the heat, and then you get used to the heat, and it's fine. But your fitness level doesn't really matter once the, once that heat hits you, you're you're cooked.
0: Yeah, interesting. Um, I suppose let's take it back a little bit. Let's learn a little bit about if you tell us a little bit bit about you and your background and I'm interested to learn about these different you know why you're travel, why you get to travel so much um for your work and stuff as well and uh, because yeah anyway look you tell us a bit about you and we'll go from there
1: I'll go from the, the start I suppose like I feel old when I think back like starting because like I'm in the fitness industries from day dot like the minute I left for leaving cert I went to do this as a as my degree in health and fitness so did my leaving repeated my leaving <laughs> did my leave and went to college for it spent four years doing my bachelor's straight into fitness i actually started so um i wanted to be a pe teacher at the start and as everyone knows in Ireland, PE is like 500 points so went to went to truly trying to get through that way because my wife was doing primary school teaching in Mary I so the idea was not my wife at 16 or 18 or whatever but was my girlfriend at the time but uh so I was like oh we'll both be teachers and we'll both have wonderful lives and have summer holidays and then by the time I got through to second and third year I realized that like I didn't want to do P teaching I want to do sports performance followed that route got a taste of it um pretty much into finishing fourth year got the great thing that that college does to give it get a little bit of a fucking kudos compared to most colleges if you go to third year in a normal college you do your workplace in third year In the very last semester of fourth year in that course, you get to do work placement. So if you want to stay on with Munster Rugby, which is where I got, they they actually keep you on, so you don't have to go back to college, where a lot of places, if you do a business degree and you get into a really good company, and they're like, your class, can we keep you? And you're like, you could, but I have to finish my degree, where I think they set it up really well, where if someone wanted to keep you, they're like, you're finished your degree now, you can actually stay here. So got a taste of that, got a taste of some other stuff. And I was like, "Mm, I don't really like elite performance at that level was working in gyms all the way up, started my own gyms, started my own CrossFit affiliates, started then moved from CrossFit to semi-private personal training. That's literally a 10-year synopsis of my fitness industry. It's like 10 years. And then COVID happened. And then when COVID happened, we had three gyms. So we had uh, one in Nennis, one in Shannon, one in Limerick. And we had just found a spot in Cork to open uh, and we the plan, the big dream to synopsize everything was to open basically all over the country and have joint memberships. So if you lived in Cork, but like community to Limerick, you could use any gym. If you were from Galway, you could go to Galway. If you're in Dublin, you could go to Dublin and your coaching program would follow you around. That was the dream. But then COVID happened the second time. Do you remember Christmas? We opened up for Christmas. I, don't, I can't remember exactly yeah. which year this was, but we opened for Christmas and we completely fucked it. And they it was the it. end
0: of 2020, wasn't it? We yeah. were like, yes.
1: Yeah, everyone yeah. went, yeah. we had just reopened. So we had tried to get everyone back. like So all our members back, we gave out all our equipment, um, got our coaches back and it was 10 or 11 days and they were like, gone. And you're like, again. So um, we had a load of equipment like we had three gyms worth of equipment and uh no remember how expensive equipment was back then like no one could get any yeah. equipment from china and everything so sold all three gyms my wife was pregnant at the time and uh we had just started online like everyone else do you know like the first big branch into online coaching and um i've been coaching some of these guys for seven or eight years in person and i got better results with them in three months online than i did in, that time because i was taking care of
0: everything like it wasn't just the gym stuff yeah
1: So, you know, everyone will know this, but you have a PT that you meet on a Tuesday and a Thursday at 6 p.m. And that PT is booked in from 6 to 7, but then you have Mary from 7 to 8, and that that client wants to talk to you about nutrition. They're actually just booking that hour with you, and you really want to help them, but you also just have a schedule, like you're a massage therapist. It's a schedule. And that was the thing that was really deserving a huge amount of people, which was they were turning up and beasting themselves, and then not having the extra support on the back end, not seeing what they were doing wrong with nutrition, not being able to discuss stuff. And if they were coming to a gym or a classes setting, if they disappeared, who knew? Do you know, If they didn't turn up for six days, you probably noticed after two weeks, like, oh, John's not been here for two weeks. But in that system and that change in methodology where you can literally track everyone every single day and be like, where the fuck's your work? It just changes people's accountability because that's what they really want is if you're at a low level of fitness, your accountability is obviously the issue because you're not getting momentum. Whereas someone like me and you just turn up to the gym because it's part of our lifestyle and they look at us kind of going, I just need to do what you tell me to do. And you're like, you don't have the skills to keep going through adversity. So that's where I saw the shift in the coaching was people were getting better results if I could teach them the skills of accountability, of teaching the skills to overcome they're goldfish dying that stopped them going to the gym for two weeks and you're like oh, i can't go and it's like absolutely so what we'll do is we'll just look after nutrition we'll go for a walk and we won't lose momentum having someone to talk to because like when you're in the gym you're beasting someone you're like this is this is an hour i have an hour with you we have to do the best we can and that's where i am now so that's all the way through COVID to now uh, in that time frame set up my business in the uae for obvious reasons <laughs> <laughs> so for legitimate obviously, reasons um tax purposes if anyone doesn't know what the fuck I'm talking about <laughs> but um so that means I can only spend a certain amount of days in Ireland so this year I messed it up I didn't spend enough time out in the early part of the year so I'm out here um my friend's out here so um he literally is the floor above me um so I get to hang around with him and stuff it's very lonely traveling by yourself my kids are very young so I'm not going to bring him out to Thailand but um yeah about 186 days in Ireland is or, Eighty three or eighty six, I can't remember, but it's that's 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 the situation. So, um, I've six more weeks to do here, and then I'm free as a bird to come back to Ireland for the whole of the winter. So, that is a very quick synopsis.
0: Wow. And okay, there's so much there that I want to. I know. Yeah. <laughs> let's just start. Let's just start a little bit then about. Um, I was kind of going to wait and kind of do the whole parenting kind of conversation later, yeah. but that must be just because we've kind of just you've touched on it there. So you're away from your kids for quite a bit of the a bit of the year then.
1: Yes. And this year would be the trickiest year of everything. I'll tell you why, but it's just because I've messed up the days. But the youngest is seven months. So this is a weird place to travel with with a seven month old. Like it's a two eight hour flights. But uh, of, let's say, the six months that I'll be away. My wife's a teacher, so she has teacher holidays yeah so you'll actually be together for three to four of those six months out so I'll be gone for six to eight weeks every year by myself whether that's yeah. to America whether that's ideal like,
0: I would love that yeah. <laughs> I always joke to my husband Dave I'm like I'll go to Tesco one day and then I'll just keep going and I'll never come back you'll find me in the middle of Australia somewhere <laughs> yeah it's, it's, and it's he's like, you there?
1: Yeah, I've had yeah. I've had dinners out here where like people have asked me the exact same question they're like so like how do, how do you do it and I was like because I kind of have to but also because yeah. like the benefit to my family overall, like we're building a house at the moment. It's I think it's it's done in October. That's why I'm trying to get the days done now. So I'm literally there for the week. It's finished and we can move into it. Um like to be back for all those things and they're quite young now. <clears throat> but I was saying to my wife before, is like it'll be moments when they're four, five, and six when you get to bring them to Dubai and there's the Lego land places and the water parks and yeah. the stuff that the stuff that most kids would like love to do but maybe their parents work in fucking a bank or they work as an accountant or they work as whatever and they don't have the same time off where the minute the school holidays are over she's off i'm we can go away for three months ish.
0: yeah two so you're yeah you get to have that lifestyle and um yeah. so basically yeah the, so the way it works out if you're gone for yeah she's she's with herself and the kids will be with you half of that time that you're gone yeah. and yeah. Then you, yeah. yeah you only have those few weeks and how it's old are your kids bad. now
1: uh, so the youngest is seven months, and then Ella's the oldest, which is two months, two years, three months.
0: Oh, yeah, so they're like they're very young, so I guess it's I get, kind of I guess
1: I that, in case I get that wrong by a month or two, roughly.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all I'm sure it's all a bit of a blur when they're that age, it is all of it, always such a blur. May,
1: May is uh, so we're what we're we now, July, yeah, May, it's like, yeah, <laughs> it's two months. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah so that's um and then which is your plan eventually then to bring your business back to ireland or will you always try and kind of do have this kind of global Um, life
1: um most of my clients are based in the uk ireland australia north america so like that would be english-speaking countries um the, the just just the sheer size of the tax bill alone is a lot like it's
0: yeah
1: it's five to eight times my wife's salary per year the tax bill yeah so like I just would it would I'd want to be fairly fucking set in the next six years to come back and want to pay pay that amount for well and I would travel anyway so like even if so even if I was based at home I if, if you have that lifestyle you're like I can travel I can go to Spain I go to Marbella I can go to wherever I was gone anyway for three months minimum a year so I'm basically being forced to go on an extra two months away every year for a significant chunk of fucking change so that was the idea behind it
0: yeah that's really and do you know what it's really interesting to hear someone talk so openly about that as well because you know um and but that is also one of the perks of this online business life is that you can just literally have your laptop in your bag and i know people who run their whole business off their phone even you know what i mean that yeah. it's, it's that part i have the ipad,
1: of, I have the iPad yeah. the phone and the laptop like so i'm an apple snob like don't give me anything about apple but um So sometimes I'd be just in a cafe drinking coffee and I would set everything up on my iPad and I'd be just looking at nutritional stuff from my clients and then giving them feedback. Like that's not a bad lifestyle to have. So like a lot of my clients call me a vampire because like I would message them 16 hours a day. Like I'll be like from 6am to 6pm to 7pm to 8pm and they'd be like, when the fuck do you sleep? I'm like, well, I'm taking you with me wherever I go. So it's like, if I'm going to a coffee shop, you're with me. If I'm going to wherever you're with me, I can see if I have downtime, especially because you're traveling by yourself, only for the fact that one of my friends that is from Limerick here when I'm traveling I'm normally traveling by myself so if I'm going anywhere if I'm sitting beside a beach I'm like all right what's this motherfucker doing now like as a night scroll through their whole coaching profile and I'd be like d, 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 it's not necessary yeah
0: do. you'd be like I see you from my beach here in Thailand <laughs>
1: bitches, yeah I'd be like you get your shit together because I'm sitting here right now with a coffee and I'm looking at your shit not doing it so get your shit together right now and they're like okay got it <laughs>
0: But you know what, I think it's so like it's really interesting to talk to you as someone who has this amount of years of experience, a lot of in-person experience. You know, you have yeah. the education behind you um, and to kind of, you know, there's so like I, I'm sure like I'd love to hear your opinions on, you know, now suddenly this kind of explosion of online coaches, myself included, obviously, you know, um, yes. but that there's a lot out there. And I think sometimes people get a little bit kind of disillusioned with the types of coaches they can find online because there's a lot of shit out there let's just be let's just say it um and I think when it comes down to it what like first of all it's important that your coach knows what they're doing yeah but second of all that you find someone who cares because there's a lot of people who are posing as coaches or trying to be coaches but really they just want to be influencers and there's a huge difference
1: massive and you can get in trouble as well if you go deep into that conversation because it's very obvious if you're pinpointing certain people who might not know the difference because i i would know people who are quite famous on instagram who actually don't know the difference of what they're doing they're trying their best so there's a difference between lack of awareness of their coaching style they they think they're doing it at the highest level possible and it is literally 21 22 23 year olds who've done some type of course and they've grown up literally at the era where covid like they've done things through covid they've learned pt through covid they've got a course they have very good at managing their social media like <clears throat> there's I don't know how many Irish lads. Like literally Ireland has taken over with social media stuff. Where I, I'll say this bluntly because like I'm 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 not the most comedic person in the world. I'm not great at creating content that's viral. I'm not great. Like, you know, I even joined the Sean Casey's social circle. I thought it was fantastic. He put together an unbelievable course for everyone to learn from. Like the guy literally has the fucking top-tier genius idea of doing all that stuff. But a lot of it is. Going viral, and those guys are focusing more. And this sounds really harsh, but those guys are probably focusing more on the content than create because it's so fucking high end. Like some of the stuff some of the guys create is so fucking fantastic. But then you see them like chilling out, having a great lifestyle. I'm like, for the hours I put in coaching, which is like a lot, like it's every day, seven days a week, I don't understand how, how do you get to that level where you create that amount of content and that much stuff and, and live on social media and then coach all those people because they have more clients than I do. So it's, it's tricky going back to, I think, I think the more years, like if, if you had me as a PT nine years ago, eight years ago, seven years ago, six years ago, five years ago, you wouldn't have had the best version of me either. So like the version of me now is the best version of me that I've had. But if you had me two years ago as a coach, I wouldn't be as good as what I am now. So same with probably some of your clients, like people you've taught three years ago, if they had you now would probably see a massive evolution in your own development in terms of your coaching style, what you've learned, who you've taught, like it just develops So if you're judging a 22-year-old, you're like, what the fuck were you like at 22? If you're judging a 24, what the fuck were you like at 24? Probably not as good as you are now.
0: Yeah. And I find it fascinating. I just think it's really fascinating to watch because we're at just, this is all so new. This, you know, social media building business yeah. kind of world that we're in and these young people and i think and it's funny because like i'm obviously in the social circle also <laughs> i find it fascinating to watch these 22 23 year olds um sean included yeah. and being like and i and i was speaking to sean about this i was like the mindset and i was talking to troy uh Sutton yeah. about this as well to like to be so young and to have that work ethic and that mindset yeah at that yeah. age like i was a fucking asshole at that age <laughs>
1: oh, i said that <laughs> like, I said that to my friend before is like people, if you knew me in college, if you knew me in school, if you knew me even early coaching, like I wasn't, a, I wasn't the nicest person. I was probably trying to find my own feet. And I, I said, it's openly in public. Cause like the person I was from 27, 28, 29, 30 got a lot better. But early twenties, like th- these lads are young, like they're young and they have their shit together. It's the, the evolution of the guys at the top 1%, like, like Troy, like Sean. It's very impressive. And I think if you're trying to judge them on the spectrum of like, what the fuck was I like at that age? They're they're amazing at what they do. They're amazing at their mindset. Like they're way beyond where we probably were. Um, which is interesting because most people take inspiration from someone who's older. But I think you can take inspiration both ways. I think you can look at them and kind of go, Well, that's the standard that you need to get, or that's the mindset you need to get. And you can take it with you. Age isn't is no longer this metric that you have to respect someone because they're fucking 50. You have to respect someone because they put the work in and they hustle and they've got the results, and those dudes have it. Like,
0: yeah t- and that's it and like t- you know t- they like every 20 something year, year old they learn as they go as well and you know develop their businesses in whatever direction that's going to go for them and um they're at a really good starting point for it like let's be I fair was
1: thinking like when they're 30 like when those dudes are 30 like I, I can't wait to see the house they have <laughs> like you know what i mean it's gonna yeah. it's gonna shit on everyone else's houses or something but like it, it it's they're they can bring it wherever they want like they can be yeah. as big as they want and I kind of have that sense and it regrets the wrong word because like I can't go back to 20 and create Instagram. I don't even think it was there when I was 20, but, um, the pathway for coaching was own a gym or get very, very good at PT and like charge a lot of money. There wasn't any thought process behind this. This is literally COVID happened. And there's that saying, which I'm probably going to butcher, but it's like, there's years where nothing happens and there's days where decades happen where I think that COVID period exploded a whole industry that didn't exist.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that with the, with all of these changes as well, you know, that a lot of people now realize that they can do their fitness on their own. It's a more affordable way to do to, you know, to go on their journey. And like you said, actually more effective. Now I, when I was one-to-one PT and I kind of made the transition to, to online there were clients that were like i need someone in person i'm not coming with you and i'm like that i totally understand that mm-hmm. because there are some people who do especially if you're at the beginning of your journey where you do need someone in person to show you exactly what to do and so some of my ladies just needed to have that appointment to show up to They're like, i won't come here if you're not here scheduling, waiting for me Scheduling, yeah yeah. and so there's, i think there's still very much still that need but then there's an awful lot of people that were paying a lot of money for in-person personal training that are like, do you know what, I've I, I know what if someone tells me to do a bent over row or a, a barbell back squat, oh, I yes. know what to do. Yeah, yeah. I just need the program. I and and then it just that like you said that like, the fact I find it a really interesting point that you said you're getting better results by working with people online because like the the training is ju- is just the tip of the iceberg. And like I work with a lot of women who are either getting back into fitness from. You know, a very for for like they haven't done anything for a long time. They've had kids, you know. They've you know you know yourself yeah. that you end up being the least priority in in everything. Once that once a few kids are in, thing, life gets busy. So there's people getting back into fitness after a long time, or people starting brand new. And um, I forget what I was going to say. Oh yeah, sorry. So like the <laughs> the training part, the the gym part is not the most important part. It's like right. Let's have a look at your nutrition. Let's yeah. get let's tr- start getting a little bit get the energy balance right let's get walking let's yeah. work on our mindset and get those daily boring everyday habits in place we can add the training in as the, you know as things start to feel manageable
1: yeah and it's something I do a lot which use, it's usually people who are at that level that you're talking about is a hybrid model them so I would tell them to find a PT who could they could meet once every two weeks and run through my program with them so if anyone was in a, a half and half situation like it's not a session they're going for it's not that high intensity session they're not look they're literally going i have uh, an interest in these six movements to make sure i'm doing them correctly now a lot of gyms have good gym instructors who just don't want to be hoovering the floor who if you ask them would be so fucking happy to be like please let me show you but at the same time i'm like look go get a pt for two sessions a month and anything you're doubly not sure of bring them with you to the gym say, look, I'm doing these movements consistently. Can you make sure I'm doing these right? And they go, yeah, but I would do this. And I would record them and then record them again, then record them again, put them on cap cut, put them side by side and see that development. There's a place for all levels of fitness. And I think, so I do this a lot on Instagram DMs where someone's like, I'm looking for a PT. And I'm like, are you looking for a PT or are you looking for coaching? And they're like, I don't know the difference. And I'm like, do you need this level of support and coaching in terms of nutritional behavior da, 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 or do you need someone to run through everything in the gym, which you schedule things and it's gym based? And they're like, I think I need the lifestyle stuff as well as that. Then it's coaching. If you're like, I've never been to the gym. I don't know what a dumbbell or a barbell is. I don't even know how to take the fucking latch off a leg press. Like I don't know, I don't know anything. I'm like, you should go to a PT first. And it says, and at that point then, and if it was someone like you to sit on the gym floor, I'd hybrid model, them, which is just like, I'm going to do all your online coaching, but we're going to meet up once every 15 to 21 days. And it's the hybrid model, which is, I don't need to coach you every week, but I do need to see you every now and again to run through anything that we're having an issue with. So we'll schedule that for every Friday at 5 p.m. And, oh, and they're probably in your gym. Do you know what I mean? So even for passing them, you'll be like, hey, you know, and that's a really good situation. Like back home, I was talking to two girls who were kind of stuck in the middle of wanting to get off the gym floor and i was like why not hybrid it because they had too many hours and i was like where you only teach that one instead of training three times a week you take those two hours and you online coach them and you meet them once a week and go through all of the issues and that takes you off the gym floor a lot more and it gives you the exact same financial income but you're helping them yeah. more so there's there's yeah. loads of different ways to do things and you can go fully online which i am like i went from fucking everything i went from floor pt crossfit owner like gym owner semi-private to like fully all the way through and there's nothing wrong with any of the models it's just how you deliver it to make sure that people are getting the best results and i i think my biggest pet peeve is like if i think someone needs pt i'll just send them to pt if i think someone needs a coach like i said like my friend is more sports performance and he's more male dominated i've sent him like 30 clients in the last six months because the person pts me I'm like I know I could fix this, but I'm not actually going to give you the time that you need. So I actually have a dude who's fully amazing at this and he'll send me back clients like, ah, oh, you're getting ready for a wedding? There you go. So you can build those relationships with people who will nurture each other. It's like, man, I found a perfect client for you. And I was like, I found a perfect client for you. And you just do that. Where I think in, sometimes in the PT industry, and you probably notice in the gym, it's like, it's a little bit cutthroat where people are like, every client is my client. And you're like, yeah,
0: my client, I'll take them all. I'll, t- I'll train anyone. Yeah. you <laughs> it like
1: Everyone trains, you're like a man, woman, child. And you're like, what's your thing? Like, what do you, what do you really stand out for? And you're like, oh, just general fitness. And like you, you eventually, again, if you're coaching for more than two years, you're like, find something you can really help people with and nail it. And then you'll be the best at that. And you could probably increase your prices slightly because then you're the best at that. Instead of being mediocre at everyone. No one wants to be mediocre at everyone.
0: Yeah. Definitely. And I think that's a really good point that you made about the like the if if you have an online coach and you um you're like, I think I need a little, a little bit of PT, actually just reaching out to the gym instructors yeah. in the gym because most of them would probably only be delighted, like you said, to have yeah to have a pt client that comes to them once a week or yeah. you know once every couple of weeks and they're going to get a little bit of extra money on the side and it's a great way to ensure like if you're doing an online program and you're not sure you're doing everything right uh to be able to do that like i have a lot of women on my program who like so a lot of them will be doing my workouts but any of the other there's also a lot of women that go do their own classes so right. you know that could be in a crossfit gym they could you know just be just be a part of a gym and they do the classes in the gym and mm. um, some women just um like to do stuff like spinning and that's also fine as well some people that just want to go get out walking so there's a whole different array of people there and it is about finding what works for you yeah and kind of going from there
1: yeah so that, that question comes up a lot do you know um if you're their online coach and like is it okay if I do x extra and I'm like all fitness is good like like do I do zumba like do you think I fucking give a shit about Zumba? I couldn't fucking dance to save my life. I'm like, fucking do whatever the fuck makes you happy, man. It's extra calories. They're like, oh, do you mind if I spin? I was like, spin fucking every day of the week. I couldn't give a shit. I was like, but our baseline strength training is this. I was like, so all that extra work will help you with energy expenditure. Absolutely, be happy. And I think one thing, so this sounds a bit weird, but sometimes if people are new coaches or they're a bit insecure, they're like, no, only do my thing. Like, don't do CrossFit it's shit or don't do spinning at shit. And just because I don't like Zumba or just because I don't, like spinning or just because I don't like whatever Um, I hate the fitness classes I'm doing out here in Thailand like I hate them they fucking they drive like I literally want to cry every time I go but I do them because it serves a purpose but that's the big thing is letting people find some joy in fitness instead of just being prescribed to I'm the best thing you've ever seen since sliced bread please follow everything I do it doesn't work that way you have to match everything to each individual as I talk to you and that's building the relationship with people is massive like you can't just go no everyone must do exactly what I say you have to listen to the person like I've done spinning for eight years it's the only thing i have stayed consistent with I'm like well maybe you should keep doing that and we'll add in everything else
0: yeah that's it because you want to put habits in place that are going to last long term and so that's it when it, someone says to me what should I be doing I'm like whatever you can continue to do yeah. and like and that's it and as you get going and you start on this journey you kind of discover things about yourself, you discover things you enjoy, and you can add on to it as you go. What I would always say to people is, ideally, what you want, you want to be doing some sort of resistance training, we want to keep the muscles strong, we want to keep the muscles healthy. As we get older, we want to stay mobile. You know, it's really important for just a functional, healthy life. You want to do some sort of cardio to keep your heart healthy. And that's and, and to help you feel good. But what, but that means so, so different to everyone. So people are like, oh, you have, I have to do cardio. Do I have to start running? I'm like, No. And then I have other people that will be like, oh, like, you know, I like running, but I've, I'm told it's bad for me. I'm like, if you like running, run, yeah. like I could think of nothing worse personally, but you know, if, like you said, if you like running, run, if you like spinning, spin, yeah. um, I like to go walking by myself to get away from my kids, to get away from everyone um, and it also kind of pairs up as my kind of mindfulness, my meditation, my alone time and mm-hmm. I that's how I, I like to get out walking. Finding it tough with the kids being off for the summer which I know a lot of my clients are struggling with too and I'm like yeah. look, we're doing, what, we're doing what we can, we'll get back to it as they get back into a routine um, but so like cardio can mean so much but also so it doesn't mean being on the Stairmaster for half an hour every day it doesn't, you know, it's totally what you want to do and then resistance training some people just really don't want to go to the gym home workouts are perfect some people don't want to work out at home they want to go to classes it doesn't matter but we need to whether you're using weights whether you're using your body we need to get that resistance to keep stimulating the muscles i suppose yes.
1: well th- there's something that i kind of approach this with and I, I tell people up front which is i couldn't give a shit what you do as long as we build momentum so momentum is more important than optimal so if someone like comes in with this like approach like well what I do is optimal for the best body composition and you look sexy as fuck right and I go great fantastic but they're not going to do it because they're going to resent it so if you have a girl who's like I love doing kettlebell classes with spinning and maybe I'll do one gym session a week and this coach goes I want you to do four weight sessions a week push pull push pull and then like you're going to walk low intensity steady state cardio for 90 minutes that's such a resistance change that you're going to literally throw them off so the momentum is gone Where if they're like, I'll do this, and then you go, cool, I'm just going to introduce one thing that you don't do which is going to be the biggest thing that they'll grow from. Because if you have something that you do all the time, a runner is not going to get really good at running if they start running more because the top end, they've actually reached the top end and it's very small. Like if I start back squatting for like the next year, if I get a five kg increase, I would be delighted with myself. I know if I start running, the increases will be very fast percentage wise. So what you have to do is just be very careful to not like throw your own beliefs and your own love for certain elements of fitness on someone else who it doesn't serve. Again, that's probably maturity of coaching, which is like... Do you ever get into fitness? I love fitness. I love this. You should all do this. And then you're like, it doesn't serve everyone. So you have to you have to meet everyone at where they're at. Otherwise, you're going to deserve them overall. And our job as coaches sometimes is actually to walk side by side with the person, not to drag them with a chain to a fitness modality that they don't want. Because that's a lot of the things like you should do this, and you're like, okay, but I only wanted to lose twenty pounds. I didn't want to look like a fucking professional athlete. But you're dragging. Yeah, the, have that's to- you have want to, yeah
0: listen to the client like li- what what does the client want yeah. and then sometimes the client wants to go from being 17 stone down to being 10 stone and you're like okay y- you you can yeah. but we're not going to do this in six months more than like you know we- we're going to have to break this down into achievable you know, do
1: you know how i do that i'll just do it now because i just grab my phone right so like let's say seven stone and this is this is something that i found that worked as debt repayment scheme which is just like a mortgage so seven multiplied by 14 is 98 pounds right <laughs> So it's 98 pounds multiplied by 3,500, which is a pound of fat. So I would turn around to them as like, absolutely. But the debt repayment is 343,000. So they can visualize that in like a mortgage. They're like three hundred and forty-three thousand a grand. And I would turn around to them and literally show them total daily energy expenditure based on three a week and their steps. And then let's say we divide it by X, whatever, 600 calorie deficit. It's going to take us 571 days, right? And then I divide that by seven and it goes, it's 81 weeks. I was like, we can definitely 100% do that in two years, but the only thing I'm focused on now is losing three and a half stone in the first six months or first eight months or first whatever. And then we could talk about the next three. Because if, if you say seven stone, they'll know Sally down the road who did slimming world lost fucking 62 stone fucking swinging her mickey off something right you know doing something mad and they'll just be like oh she did it and they go fantastic wonderful what she didn't tell you was she did something blah 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 blah, and she just hides it from you like everyone else does when they lose weight in ireland or uk it's like they hide it they just go oh i didn't walk and all of a sudden you're like mary's walking at one o'clock in the morning to four o'clock in the morning every morning not telling anyone but there's people that hide their modalities of fitness if you explain to someone exactly the number, exactly their total daily energy expenditure, and exactly how we're going to get there, and then divide it into smaller forty-two day goals, it'll help. But it'll also show them how big the fucking challenge is. Because a lot of people are like, oh, I just want to lose seven stone. I'm just seven stone. It's like that's like a lifetime. Like if someone sees someone lose seven stone, everyone stops in the fucking street and goes, Mary, what the fuck did you do? And you're like, oh, I yeah. just did this thing. It's not a small deal. It's a it's a lifetime of change. And if you lose seven stone, you're yeah. probably not going to put it back. And da da da. But yeah small things like that that debt repayment schemes and stuff like that can really help people visualize i have a mortgage to pay off
0: (laughs) but also in a good yeah but also in a good way because i think some people who are like i have so much weight to lose i'm never going to get there yeah you know and then you can break it down and be like i like that mortgage repayment scheme kind of way looking at things you can be like no you can get there it's going to take time it's going to take commitment but how quick has the past two years gone by 100%. and you've been on diet after diet after diet and you're feeling more shit about yourself more hopeless i'm like yeah. so what if it takes three years but if you feel in control if you're enjoying the process if you're learning about yourself along the way it's just so worth it 100
1: percent. and like i robbed this quote from alex hermosi before um i'll butcher it but it's like it costs you a million dollars every year not to not not to know how to make a million dollars and the thing i say to people is like if they get a bit anxious about seven stone taking Whatever. Like, I've had clients lose seven stone in fucking ridiculous time frames, and I've had them lose it in longer time frames. But I would say it's like you're 38 now, let's say, and you've seven stone to lose. And let's say it takes you to your 40th birthday. If you don't do it and you don't do it at all, I said that's all of your 40s and all of your 50s feeling uncomfortable and the exact same feelings you have now, but probably knowing that by the time you hit 48, 49, 50, it's not going to happen. So you're going to live the rest of your life knowing that you could have done it if you just started. And now you've come to the defeatist attitude. It's like, oh, I wasted my time. It's like, I I can't do it anymore. And this is the big thing, which is if you just compartmentalize it for people, which is like, let's say it took 20 months. and like, look, it's a 20-year mortgage. Every month is a year. You can pay back this number. And if you want to do it faster, what do you do? You go for more walks. He's like, what do you mean? It's like, all you do is just go for more walks. You can't save anymore. You've set a saving goal. You can't starve yourself. I said, but we can always do overtime at work. We can always just go for another fucking walk. We can always go for another spin class. We can always do more. I said, but we're stop. And this is a big thing, which kind of an food is actually a very enjoyable part of people's lives. And they've demonized it with weight loss. Like food is bad. I'm like, no, the food you're eating is probably bad because you're eating a pizza and it's 3,000 calories and you don't know how to eat. But all you have to do is enjoy the food you're eating, stay with that for 20 years, create some physical activity that you're going to enjoy. And that's what's going to keep the weight off. It's just harder to get the weight off. It's, um, it gets me slightly in trouble when I say this, but to get to a giant weight loss period of time, there has to be imbalance. It's not unbalanced, imbalance. Do you know when people are like, oh, you have to have a balanced lifestyle? You can't have a balanced lifestyle and have the weight shift. You have to be slightly unbalanced with your behaviors to get back seven stone or four stone or three stone for a small period of time. And when you're down from 17 stone to 10 stone, then life becomes balanced again for the next 20 years. But if people are like, oh, I'm going to do it my own way and I'm going to be balanced, I'm like, well, you're going to be balanced and you're going to stay at 17 fucking stone. You're going to diet and then 11 days later, you're going to have a pizza and a bottle of wine. That's balance. That's 17 fucking stone. You need to be slightly unbalanced, aggressive as you can, get to the weight you want, be happy, stay at that. No more calorie deficit. Your calories go up, which people don't fucking tell anyone. Do you ever do you ever hear this like, oh, I'm always going to be in a calorie deficit. I was like, no, because you get those 800 calories you were saving and you don't have to pay the bank back. I said, you no longer have any rent for your house and you get to have that. And like, oh, I never thought of that. And this is the thing which is people are thinking it's always going to be miserable. It's not. It's going to be slightly unbalanced, slightly difficult for a slightly longer period of time than you probably want. And then life is going to be good again if you maintain it. And that's that's just the journey. If you can give people that at the start, no one gets disillusioned. And you probably stop people joining six week fucking challenges and 12 week challenges for aggressive behaviors. You know, like six weeks, lose fucking 60 pounds, stupid fucking shred or whatever someone wants to call it. So that's that's kind of my approach straight away. Even on the the first call with someone, I go through all of that, like very blunt. I'm like, just all of that. This is what we're doing. This is how we're doing it. Enjoy. And they're like, cool. I got it. At least I know.
0: Yeah. And I think, though, as well, that imbalance that you talk about that's necessary, like I know most people are listening to this, they can't actually see, but I'm holding a pen horizontally, (laughs) and that you don't want the imbalance to be so much so like this, that it's not sustainable. And they do it for a week or two. They feel great. They drop loads and then they can't sustain. If something happens, they go out for a night out or something. So you want just a slight imbalance that it feels doable, that you can still go out with your friends. Yeah. Yeah. You can still have an ice cream with your kids. You can still, you know, do these things but it's like, okay, I'm being accountable. I'm tracking what I'm having. Yeah. And I'm, I'm organizing my week in a way that I can stay in that slight little imbalance. Because I think, like, I think what you're saying is very true. You know, that we go it like, people don't really talk about that. Yeah. You get those calories back, you know, that you're in this calorie deficit, then you get to, when you get maintenance, to maintenance, yeah. you get to eat more again. Yeah. But I think it has to be done sustainably. Otherwise, if people are like, okay, looks months if i restrict now and I, i'll get to 10 stone they get to 10 stone
1: yeah yeah, they bounce back
0: and then they're like and but then they have if they haven't done the mindset work the habit work they they won't like that maintenance will just slip back into old habits and how many people like how many marys down the road have you met who've lost ten ten 10 stone or seven stone with slimming world or with um, another one motivation where people lose serious amounts of weight with Yeah, I suppose. How many of them keep it off? Now, I know there are some people, but in general, most people end up having to go back. They end up back where they started. So it's to that, like, on the way back to maintenance, that work needs to be done where it's like, okay, this is how you're going to keep it.
1: Yeah. I suppose three points. One of the things about the aggressive behavior is more of a mindset shift, which is aggressive physical behavior because I don't like to slash people's calories more than 500 calories in their total daily energy expenditure is too much. So even if it's down to the fact that like they have 2,100 calories as their maintenance, even with physical activity, we'll only go to 1,600. Like it's a big red flag for me to see someone slash, like like aggressively slash. Um, The second thing I suppose is like, I follow a principle, like uh, did you ever see Alan Aragon's uh, nutritional pyramid? It's a circle with a pyramid in the middle of it. So the circle behind the nutritional system is sustainability is the circle. You can't have the pyramid inside of it if it's not sustainable because none of it works. Then it goes calories, macros, nutritional timing, or, Calories, macros, nutritional timing, extras—it's <laughs> two other extras. But it's it's very important that we don't slash the shit out of people's calories because a lot of the research now is that obviously if you slash your calories, you get no benefit from thermic effect of food. You also then mm. probably get a low energy ebb, which means that people find it hard to train when they have no energy. Do you ever eat, do you ever have a day where you're like you haven't much and you have to go training? And you're like, you just don't want to. So all these things are considered in the approach, which is like, you need to have enough food to go training because training is also a fucking benefit. But if you slash people's calories, they don't want to train. And then they start resenting training. So there's a huge physiological aspect to the whole matrix of it. It's like, oh, we're going to diet. But now I'm too tired to even go for a walk. Now I'm not burning calories from the walks. So therefore, I shouldn't be in if I was in maintenance, I would have burnt more calories. So this is and then you have to meet the individual as well. So if you have a male who's 120 kg and you have a female who's 70 kg, their calories are going to be. So different, and then you can do different things. Like generally, you can slash males' calories a lot more than females. Generally, because it's just going to go fat, which is unfortunate, right? (laughs) Because you're sitting there. Uh, If you saw my maintenance calories the other day, I did a scan, a Dexa scan out here. It was like three thousand nine hundred calories. I was like, um, (laughs) so unfair. Like, but it's it's one of those things where each individual has to be met, and then you also have to. So imagine you get a client who struggles with mindset around nutrition and then has a poor weekend behavior. And then you have to adjust their weekly calories to give them more calories at the weekend. And there's so many nuances and it, it's a danger, not a dangerous thing, but you get into tricky parts where you have a general conversation sometimes and you say one thing and then also, I got in trouble on Instagram, not in trouble, but someone messaged me that I know. Um, I talked about this calorie basket. So I'll talk about it here. <laughs> get me in more trouble publicly. So I I, I I said this thing, which is sometimes a lot of my clients have difficulty with the guilt association with chocolate do you ever have a client who eats three birds of chocolate and then comes back the next day and says i feel like a complete idiot or i can like mostly just, yeah. like i feel like a dickhead so i had this system in place where um whatever their calories are for the total week or the total day we take 200 calories off put 14 twirls into a basket and you might not want the twirl today you might not want one tomorrow but let's say on sunday you want four we've already accounted for them so, like, if you want to eat four and the next day I eat four and the next day eat four, we've already taken those calories off. Like, your kids stress you out. Have your kids ever stressed you out? My kids have stressed me out. And I've just went, like, oh, there's two uh, whispers in, in the breast. <laughs> I'm just taking them. And then you just feel like, why the fuck did I eat the whispers? That approach where we actually manage that calorie basket, giving them 1,400 calories of chocolate. And it goes from uh, Friday to Friday, not Monday to Sunday, because most bad things happen Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So, Friday yeah. to Um they're all just nuances around nutritional behaviors. They're all nuances around behaviors to help people, but that might not work for 10 or 11 of my clients who have eaten disorders from previous life where they would eat all 14 bars on a Wednesday. So you can't give that to them. So this is where the nuances is. I'm talking about horses, <laughs> 90 horses, but I have 10 zebras and they, like I have actually 10 zebras over here who can't do that. And that's where the more people you coach, the more you kind of can't say everything as blasé as, like, this is a general. You have to literally work with each individual and kind of go, we can't do that. Like, we just can't because it's not going to go well for their mindset in the next 10 years. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, that really does. And I think, like, because I work with people kind of in a group setting, so it's through group group coaching. So obviously there's going to be, like, you know... Week to week, like like this yeah. is what we're focusing on and it's, it, you know, it's, it's a program to suit everyone. But what's important there is the check-ins. So yes. like, you know, when you're checking in with a client and a client is like, I can't have this in the house or I can't, you know, I... Uh, like you know if you if i would give people the advice yeah just say if people love to have chocolate i love to have, I have chocolate every day i love it i will have two little freddo bars with my cup yes. of tea every evening yeah. some evenings you know if it's the wrong time of the month or if you know like that if my kids are stressing me out if i'm tired especially yeah. if i'm tired if i'm sleep deprived i could yeah. have three or four of them sometimes yeah that's three or four, but like people have clients have come to me and said in a check-in oh i've failed i had i had four chocolate bars that's I what I'm saying. yeah 400 that's 400 calories is all it is yeah. you know what I mean. You could like it's not it's that basket, not that big a
1: deal. That's what that basket was designed for was exactly the yeah. same thing, which was so that failure then carried to tomorrow, didn't it? It it, it they, they didn't get yeah. momentum or motivation to be good tomorrow because I'm such a dickhead. So I failed. I had chocolate. and I'm like, you didn't fail. We already planned for fourteen of these. You had four. You have ten left. So that yeah. type of system is helpful for a lot of people, ninety percent. But you're always gonna have ten percent that like that actually will be not good for but you have to wean them it's
0: like i'll I'll eat the whole packet, or i'll eat yeah and they're like i can't do that and uh it's about then and when you work with those clients and you find way other ways around it but like for everyone in general i find if we can get our meals right like so a good balance you know we're getting some uh, like a good source of protein in every meal Mm -hmm. healthy fats whole grain carbohydrates plenty of color in general to the three and getting three meals a day in you're getting rid of the physiological cravings so yes. you're keeping your blood sugar sugar levels balanced mm-hmm. so you're already making life easier for you that physically you shouldn't be craving these things yes and then it's just, you're all you're left with is the emotional cravings which are the hard ones but yeah. it's at least if you're eating right and if you do have four freddos in the evening you're like well at least i'm nourished i know i've given my body the nutrition it needs the energy that it needs for my walks for my workouts for my kids. And yeah. okay, right. Not ideal to be having four Freddos every night, but look, let's let, work on it. This is where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Well, let's try and reduce it to three. Then we can try reduce it to two. And then maybe I'll be happy to stick with two Freddos a night.
1: And I, I think as well, what we have to remember is we're coaching normal people. Like we're coaching yeah. teachers, accountants, you know, stay at home moms, stay at home dads. We're teaching people and sometimes when you get very into the fitness industry like it's being out here in thailand like i'm on the fitness strip with some absolute monsters (laughs) like if you if you watch absolute monsters and you watch how they eat and stuff like that and you can get disillusioned if you get too deep into being with very elite level athletes who eat a certain way who literally eat chicken and chicken and more chicken and it's like, and you realize that like most of your clients didn't come to you for a beautiful six-pack with veins coming out the bottom, they came to you because they were a size 10 two summers ago, three summers ago, and they're a size 14 or 16 and they're uncomfortable and they'd love to be back to a size 10. And then you can have a different discussion when they get to a size 10 about being more toned and maybe introducing more strength training and maybe being the best version of them. But all those things that you said about the nutritional behaviors, that will get them back to a size 10 because that's normal nutritional patterns for a normal human being. It's having protein sources, it's having vegetables that will actually fill you up. It's creating the control over leptin and ghrelin to make sure that you don't have an issue with satiety. Like one of the big issues I think as well is um, habitual boredom, which is uh, people have a cup of tea at night and then there has to be something with it, which is like, so one of the tactics that we do, so let's talk about, like we talk about the calorie basket, but one of the tactics I do when when you do give macro-based targets, before we plan the meals, we plan the evening snack with the cup of tea. So I'd be like, "What do you have?" I
0: do this, yeah, for myself.
1: Yeah. Put the two Freddos in first. What do I have left to plan the rest of my meals? Because if you don't, and they plan their meals without the snack, that's eventually always going to happen. Then they feel like a failure. So I, anything that seems like a failure, like the barrier is the way. So it's like, are you going to have that chocolate? I'm like, oh, I shouldn't. But I said, don't fucking tell me you shouldn't. Are you probably going to have it? Like, probably, because my husband's going to have it okay put the two frettos in with a cup of tea first and then you're left with 1700 calories plan your three meals and snack from the 1700 calories are left and that's a realistic plan for you where everyone sets them up for failure because they go too hard they're gonna go i'm gonna have an egg white omelet for breakfast i'm gonna have a chicken stir fry for lunch and i'm gonna have salmon for dinner and i'm gonna have no chocolate and i went who who the fuck did you just create you're not that person <laughs> you, yeah. you're not that person you're 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 a normal human being who enjoys normal stuff we just have to control it we have to stop you eating two Chinese a week because you're bored that's all we have to make you train more it's we i never said we have to take away (laughs) chocolate like a custard cream is lovely not 17 of the fuckers i said so it's those structures that are very important and i think i call it decision fatigue which is so so coaches like us just tell people what to do is like just do this and it'll be fine to go that makes sense and the people do ever people say to you like oh that's so logical why didn't i think that you're like yeah because it's logical but you're overthinking and you're tired from your kids and you're tired from work and now you have to think about nutrition and you think that you're making all the wrong decisions but you're not it's just you don't have time to make those decisions so once they hear a few things and they're like okay i can do that and then they do it for a while they build momentum all of a sudden they lose 10 pounds once they lose 10 pounds they feel confident to do more because they're like this is giving me a return once it's giving me a return i'm gonna listen to whatever kate says like if, if Kate makes yeah. me lose 14 pounds, I'm gonna do whatever Kate says next. So that's that's the idea and that's the level of momentum and trust and those strategies. Like you, prob- you probably can't remember 10 off the top of your head, but I guarantee you in the last six weeks, you've pulled ten out of your hole that you consistently use for ten individuals in ten different circumstances. And then next month there'll be three more that you use because that individual needs it at that one time.
0: Yeah. And it really is like I think the biggest mistake that people make is that I have to change, and I've done it over the years. Like I have to change everything. Oh, I'm going to eat a paleo diet, or I'm going to go do a keto diet, or I'm going to, whatever you know, whatever. I remember one one weekend I I decided I'd try and be vegan. Don't ask me why, um. You know, so literally, and right. but yeah. like there's so much. People are genuinely lost, and they're like, I want to be healthy. Like I just remember, I remember actually googling. What is the healthiest diet? I just wanted to be healthy. And like, like this was years ago. And I and I didn't know how and there was too much information. And that was back years ago, not even as much information as we have now. On top of that, that people g- genuinely yeah. don't know. And I think that changing everything at once is the huge mistake that everyone makes that makes them feel so lost and it is those little behaviors, and it's so, and like you say, people. Do, oh, that's so logical! I didn't think, of it. because when you're in it, it's 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 not. It doesn't. You don't think of it when you're in it, but like the little things, like you say, um, planning the treats, yeah, like with the custard creams. Like I would argue, if you're likely to eat seventeen crust, custard creams, don't have a packet of custard creams in your house. Yeah. Instead buy something that's individually wrapped or even if you know you're planning what you're having go to the shop and buy it so yeah. that that's what you have in your house for later and you can't Whereas, like if you buy like i'd say you know those big bars that they love the dairy milks that they love to sell for like two euro now yeah. and like who's, the little small
1: who's, who's me wrapping them at any point Like, i've never seen someone physically go, oh that's two pieces thank you very much what?
0: Yeah, I'll take these two little pieces and I'll put the rest away in the fridge for tomorrow. It's like it doesn't happen, and I love those bars. And I would sit there and like I, I'd, I'd me and Dave would get one and and I'd be like, okay, I yeah, would we'll share this. Like he'd be someone now. He who would have he'd have like two lines of it. Yeah, and then I'd eat the rest of it. I yeah. I give my son maybe a, a a line so I wouldn't have as much. And then I'd eat yeah. the rest
1: of it. I only yeah. had a third. of that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, I had a yeah. third of
1: that because I gave one piece to you and one piece to you. There's that yeah, um, the- really oh, like remedial study done on M&Ms on the table. Have you ever seen that where the proximity of M&Ms around you uh, dictates no. the amount? So if you have an M&M bowl like, right here, like there, the likelihood is you eat like 20 you know, because they're there. There's no, You don't have yeah. to move. You don't have no difficulty to eat M&Ms. And then I think it's if you put a person between you and the M&Ms, it goes down to like 15. If the M&Ms are in the press, the average intake is eight. And the funniest thing is if the M&Ms aren't in the house, it goes down to zero. And I'm like, no shit, right? But the idea yeah. is, but the problem with that is, right, someone will come around is like, that's a very unhealthy relationship with food, right? So this is the problem where people are like, that's unhealthy because now you can't have M&Ms. I'm like, yeah, I get you. But like for some people, there is certain foods that just, they can't stop, and like this is the thing, which is you're right. if they buy the small packet of m and ms maybe the ones that are like one hundred and twenty calories, the small packets that are the share pack, at least when they eat them all they're gone, <laughs> so they're gone, yeah. and that stops you eating seventeen custard creams, it stops you eating whatever else comes in massive packets, a whole packet of Oreos or whatever it is, it just yeah, stops like the big food.
0: bags of Doritos, you know you buy oh, yeah. the big bag, yeah, like everyone's yeah. got to finish English. them like you're watching a movie English is a, big you a big bag of Doritos, there's nothing wrong with you, like. You know, no. if there's a big bag of does doesn't want to you, and you're watching a movie and you're having a beer or you're yeah. having a coke no, or whatever, like you're going to fucking like, you're going to eat them. Like it's there's nothing wrong with you, so it is just getting those strategies in place. Like, and I find like you know I go through phases of when I'm kind of tracking more religiously than not, you know. But if if I'm tracking my macros, and I'm like, okay, I want to hit one hundred and forty grams of protein a day. I might have to swap my Freddos out for a Fulfill Bar. Now, it kills me because the Fulfill Bars are so expensive, <laughs> but then they're lovely. And I'm more satisfied with a Fulfill Bar because it lasts for ages. And I could even break it in half and have one with a cup of tea early in the day and the other with a cup of tea later in the day, which is a great tip for anyone listening who is trying to get the protein levels up. They're expensive, but you can actually like if you go on to the likes of discount supplements or whatever, you can buy a box of them and they're a little bit cheaper, I um but like they they were a game changer, definitely for you know I'm little things. Like new... that. I know people are mad about these protein yogurts and mousses and yeah. stuff like that. They can actually replace the M Ms and the the biscuits a little bit for the the period of time that you're looking to to reach your goals.
1: Have you tried the new uh, grenade Oreo protein bar? No. It is literally top tier. It's probably the best one that's ever been invented.
0: Grenade Oreo, right? Yeah, I am on it.
1: It is. It, it's like it tastes like a proper chocolate bar if you said it was just a chocolate bar i'd probably buy it like if it's just like oh it's a lovely chocolate bar um fulfills lovely like as in there's nothing wrong with them but the prices have just for some reason have just gone up and up and up like i've seen them in i've seen them in shops like for three or fifty four euro i'm like "Mm."
0: and i Mm. think they're getting smaller they're not as big as they were
1: i can't remember the size of them (laughs) i feel like they
0: used to be like really i feel like they've shrunk slightly you know, they always I can do this to us, but like, yeah. I think with, with the protein bars, like what I will always say to my clients is to, it's important to remember, these are not instead of meals, they are no. your treats Yeah, and they're, they can be a useful treat because I think that they don't like, I'll have a protein bar and I'm not looking for a second one.
1: Well, the disadvantage Where, is for someone like me and you, like if, if, if you compare my calories to your calories and we were going for snacks, I can have a protein bar and the yogurt and probably strawberries and you're stuck with your protein bar. So it's not always equivalent for me and you because like yeah. my calories would be like way above yours and then all of a sudden like you're just like my snack is this and, and i think that's but also that,
0: your protein requirements are higher so that yes you have to get more calories but then yeah. you have to put more work into actually hitting the protein target that you want to hit so it's all relative really
1: yeah which is not that hard as in like i have a lot like every week like how do i hit my protein targets or whatever and i'm like i post all, everything i eat on instagram every day everything like if it's fucking water, drinks, everything. Because I just want to show people what, I obviously I'm out here and I'm eating like a little monk. Like I'm just eating chicken and eggs and fucking everything weird. But um, it's not that hard. As in like, it was like, what? If you have a protein source for every meal, it's very hard to like, what did you have? Oh, why can't you hit your protein goal? Like, well, I had uh, porridge for breakfast with like honey. I'm like, okay, no shit. As like, you're fucked. I said, you don't have no protein for breakfast. You're not going to catch up with lunch and dinner and a snack. So, like, as long as you're hitting about 25 to 30% of your total calories per each meal with a protein source, it's very hard to get it wrong. It's when someone misses one meal, they can't really... If you miss breakfast as a protein source from less than 20 grams of protein, you're not going to make it up. No way can you make it up.
0: And it does happen. And then at the end of the day, it's not the end of the world. If you have a day where you don't hit your protein target, it's not going to matter, you know, that obviously optimally, we want to try and, and hit our protein target as much as we can. Now, I don't give protein targets to my clients when we do when they're doing my online program. We focus more like we I give them a calorie total. We kind of week to week, we focus in a little bit more on each macronutrient. I'll always say we want to get a palm to two palms of protein, kind of you know, that precision nutrition kind of guideline, yes. a palm yeah, to two back, palms of protein. Yeah yeah per meal but even just for the protein i'm like all i want to see is a protein source in each meal do, if like some people who are more experienced will, will text me and they'll be like i want I like what is my protein total and i'll give them one but in general i find it overwhelms a lot of people particularly if they're just at the start of their journey
1: it can do yeah so for us i'd, I'd be i'd be a little bit more um probably like an over-the-top coach in terms of detail like if you if you literally text one of my clients like the amount of fucking detail he gives us but I go, I just say, look, the only thing that counts for me, I don't care about the other macronutrients is um <clears throat> your total calories, 30% or above. I said, like, Whatever you do, 30% yeah. is the minimum. You can fucking bring it as high as you want, everything else doesn't matter. Um but that gives them a small focus of just making sure there's a protein. Like, if you, if you have a protein source in your meal, it's going to be over 30%. Like, if you just did that with the, with the pan, if yeah. you just do that, it's always going to be over 30%. So, yeah. the precision nutrition model is great because it's like, it's kind of like counting protein for dummies. It's like, please just put a protein source in. Where some people are like, is oats healthy? And like, oats are healthy. Absolutely we're not we're trying to get some protein in as well and especially some Greek
0: yogurt or some protein powder in there with your oats then we're getting there yeah
1: Yeah, I hate I hate mixing protein powder in with porridge like I'll drink it I'll drink it beside it I'll literally like just give it to me beside it I'll eat normal oats with like strawberries and stuff I just can't the yogurt as well I, I like I just eat the is it Aldi yeah Aldi protein yogurts. fantastic wonderful I'll eat it beside it just don't fuck up my porridge
0: yeah yeah and that's it and have it as a side if people think they need to like and especially on instagram with all these like fancy recipes it's like i need to be doing all these you know it's like just or like people are like i don't know what to have for lunch i'm like have do you it know what is? my um What's
1: sorry right? to interrupt but do you know what my most fucking watched instagram reel is of all time what a toast cheese sandwich
0: Yes, that's what I was literally about to say. What the fuck is wrong with a sandwich? When did a sandwich become so offensive? And like, add some chopped vegetables on the side. Make sure you've got loads of chicken in your sandwich or whatever. Like, Mm. you know, you can have an egg sandwich, chicken sandwich, whatever the fuck you want. It's easy to get plenty of protein in there Mm. and make it nice. And people are like, oh, but the bread.
1: I got disgusted with that, though. Like my two most watched videos are of a sandwich and a cat. (laughs) (laughs)
0: and the effort that you put into other videos like
1: literally like the knowledge that's in some of the videos and i'm like a sandwich and a fucking cat up the stairs that's my two most watched videos yeah
0: but i think it shows how people are looking for things to for simplicity Mm. and how that everything like it's great that we have access to so much information but that it's too much information it's like what the, where, where do i start what do i do what like is my porridge okay to have like how do i add more protein into my diet so, like it's these practical things that people really need help with and well i like, give so a doable.
1: bit of a, a bit of a tip for what i do with clients starting so like this would be valuable for general people but <clears throat> when you're starting off with anything if if i said to you you're going to have the same three breakfasts three lunches and three dinners for their first two weeks and you can do whatever you want on sunday um, would that be reasonable? Because if I said to you, you're going to have eggs only twice a week, you'd be like, absolutely. You're going to have a BLT for breakfast with a slim bagel twice a week. You'd be like, cool. And you're going to have a smoothie with fucking yogurt in it instead of a protein powder mix. And you're like, okay, that doesn't sound that bad for breakfast. So, because you're only repeating the same meal twice. And then yeah. you do the same for lunch, chicken, whatever, toast, to cheese sandwich, and then salmon, chicken, lamb, pork, whatever for dinner. <clears throat> That's how simple it has to be at the start before you get your skill level up. So when people start, they get overwhelmed because they're like, there's thousands of recipes like if i take um uh the two instagram pages so aussie fit food guy and sean casey's page like serious recipes yeah. two dudes that just bang out like top level recipes if i tried to fucking sit down and make every, and he, i, I remember sean's uh, reel about this which is just like you save every recipe and you don't make them but it's like if you try and get people to make all these fancy recipes all the time It's too much effort. And then they go, fuck this. I'm just going to go to my comments. Where if I say to you, these two first and then replace one of the meals every week. And then all of a sudden you have your own library of meals. So this is what people need to do. And like for the last 10 years, you've probably cooked some of the same dinners every month for the last 10 years. Like They're just go-tos for your family and everything. It's just like, I say spaghetti all the time to people and people like nod their head. But do you know what I mean? You've cooked some type of dinner or breakfast every month for a year. You just haven't figured out that that could be repeatable every Monday or every Wednesday and that would fix your nutritional protocols pretty quickly if you figured out what's the one meal that's actually like 17,000 calories that I'm doing every month that's not serving me what are the meals that are serving me and once you just do elimination of those bad ones and replace them with good ones your nutrition is pretty much fixed forever
0: yeah exactly and that's that's literally how my household lives now like i would have probably about the same 10 to 12 dinners on Mm -hmm. rotate all the time because like and any of the parents listening will know will know what this feels like trying to find kid food that your kids will eat trying to find foods that your husband will eat you know trying to get so that you only like you don't want to be cooking different dinners for everyone you want to be putting these healthy habits in for your whole family so like i'll have a bolognese i'll have a korma i'll do an enchilada recipe i'll do you know some sort of turkey burgers or beef burgers with homemade chips and a salad you know what I mean yeah. like th- they're all basic stuff I'd have a really busy day where I am bringing the kids swimming and I have literally half an hour to cook a dinner we have fish fingers baby potatoes frozen vegetables what the fuck is wrong with that you know what I mean
1: was oh, nice when I'm out in Thailand and I can't get any of those meals
0: Yeah, I love some fish fingers now. I love a fish finger right now <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't want yeah. one if I was it's at like- home now obviously eating fish fingers every day maybe isn't yeah. ideal, but like you know that you're, get, you're getting that on rotate and then like I would have the same breakfast and the same lunch every day for breakfast to get my protein in. I had I do like the protein overnight weed bix you know, the weed bix mix of protein yeah, powder, a bit of milk at the bottom for the base, yes. Greek yogurt, fruit. So I'm getting like a bit of colour in there, getting plenty of protein in, and it fills me till lunchtime. That's lunchtime tasty. then. I'll have like scrambled eggs on toast or a sandwich or something, uh, some chopped vegetables, like some chopped carrots or cucumber on the side because I just don't want it in my sandwich. I like to have my sandwich.
1: Yeah, separate. And yeah. then
0: I'll have my bits of vegetables on the side. If I feel, Some days yeah. I don't. It depends. Are you the no, person that separates
1: like, uh, their meat and then their veg and then you don't mix them together? You take a piece each?
0: Oh, yeah. I'll eat my vegetables first to get them yeah. out out of the I way. Then I- I'll eat the meat and I'll save the carbs to last because they're my favourite. <laughs> so I'll do it that way. But then I'll always have like overnight oats I'll have for a lunch dessert because I'm someone who loves to have something sweet yeah. at like after my meal. So I've instead of having like chocolate because I find if I have chocolate early in the day it'll spiral and I will um want it all day long so yeah. I, instead I have the, the overnight oats really kind of fills me but it also kind of gives me that carb craving and that energy that I need and I feel like so lunch is like a big event for me like I have like literally like my two courses and I love it and then yeah. we have dinner and then we have the Freddo's in the evening and but you have that skills. On
1: so when you when you talk about that behavior and the way that you're able to list it off right this is the, the big thing to bring it back to a full circle when I talked about decision fatigue, you've got rid of that. So you have a busy lifestyle, you have kids and you're working on the gym floor and you're doing podcasts, you're doing everything. You've created the skill of getting rid of decision fatigue and having a rotation of food and you figured it out for yourself. And that's one of the things that people don't have when they come into coaching, which is like you said, they Google that what's a healthy diet or how do I lose fucking 10 stone in 10 days? And they're just doing every mad thing possible. And it's not sustainable where what you've done is you've listed out the 10 meals, 20 meals that you're going to probably have for the next five years.
0: Yeah. And I, like you might come across an interesting one and add it in. And that's a great thing when you start with a coach or you get, you know, you go to Sean Casey's page, which everyone right. should check out for his re- his recipes are great and they're simple and they're quick, you know, but that you, you'd you be like, oh, I think I'd like to try that, bur- the, that burrito recipe or something. And then yeah, maybe it works out well, everyone loves it. And you add it to the rotation, but it's not a case of getting 50 recipes from your favorites on TikTok yeah. or whatever. And, you know, that's not realistic. Just start where you are. Do the dinners that people are already eating and you can add their, add from them. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: Even increasing the portion of protein to, to reduce the calories, increase the protein, and then you have more volume. But as I was talking about the, the six days, you know, the two repeatables, mm-hmm. Sunday is the day that I would say to people, is like, find a recipe, spend some time cooking on Sunday and figure out is it worth it or not. Because there, yeah. there, is, a, there is a discussion to be had around like, in your situation if i gave you the most amazing recipe ever but it took you two hours to cook is it worth it no no but that's it's ama- the most amazing, the amazing of my
0: life recipe. no no
1: yeah where if i said to you not a mediocre recipe but it's good like it's solid it's seven out of ten tasty and it's okay volume but it took you five minutes to make and everyone in your house would make it that's a five-star recipe for your household it's
0: Worth it, exactly yeah. yeah and it's funny and it depends on what stage of life you're at like if you'd asked me that question six years six or seven years ago I, I got great enjoyment out of creating meals. I ha- I was working as a teacher. I had more time. I was home at three o'clock. My kids were small. You know, I didn't have loads of football runs and stuff. You know, I, I was at home from half three until their yeah. bedtime. And I had yeah. time and I enjoyed trying new recipes. And I did. So everyone's at different stages and it's about recognizing where you're at and what mm-hmm. you can manage to take on realistically.
1: Yeah, and that's that's a lot. That's just like from your experience coaching a load of people, from mine coaching a lot of people, just to relay that message to each individual where they're at when i'm talking to a 22 year old they have time and i nailed them. when i'm talking to a 34 year old who's four kids you have to give them a little bit of rope you're like i get it <laughs> it's going to be more difficult you have barriers so you have to give everyone a little bit different of a of a punishment to be like you need to get your shit together or you're doing the best you can
0: yeah and the best you can still will get your results you know it's- if you're willing to It'll get you somewhere. It
1: might not not get you like on an Olympia stage, but you'll be better than where you were six months ago. And you might even be back to where you were three years ago.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right. Great place to finish. Before we finish up, one last question. So what does the word health mean to you?
1: I suppose the word health for me is it's like a threefold thing where I would look at it nearly as a socioeconomic stuff, but relationships, physical health, and then mental well-being. And the way I would characterize it is that if you look after your physical health, you normally your relationships and your mental health will be looked after as well. So if you characterize, everything it's like, you need to be healthy in your relationships, healthy in your mind and healthy in your body all at the same time. And I think it starts fundamentally from what you do physically, and then it comes from your nutrition and then it comes from your thought processes. So for me, health is about pretty much optimizing all levels of your lifestyle, business relationships, friendships, training, everything that you can kind of work on you should work on but for me it starts from physical activity then it goes to nutrition then it goes to relationships and then lastly your mind is going to be looked after because you have a partner if your relationship is happy your day is normally happy if your kids are happy your day is normally happy if your boss is not at you your day is normally happy those relationships won't fuck up your mind and then if you look after your body you're physically fit you're not going to fuck up someone else's mind so it's a it's a spectrum of health for me
0: that's a really good answer And also a really good way to emphasize to people that, especially any busy mums listening, that it's not selfish to take time for you. In in fact, it's it's kind of the central part of of taking care of everybody else. Yeah,
1: yeah. You're going to give a worse version of yourself in five years' time to your kids, your partner and everything that you do if you're not looking after yourself. And I, I say that in a very selfish way, but like if you're deteriorating at the level that everyone needs you, you're going to give them a shit version of you in five years. So then what are you serving them for? Because the version of you is awesome now and then you burn out and then the version of you resents them later that's not going to be a version of you you enjoy either yeah
0: yeah no I agree right, so if anyone wants to reach out to you um, is interested in coaching or where where will they find you
1: Instagram mostly I'm on every platform but Instagram mostly Um, I should take some heed on doing the other platforms but uh, Rory Skerrick coaching on Instagram is normally where you will find me
0: brilliant Rory thank you so much for coming on and chatting today I enjoyed it thank you very much thank you you so much for listening and I really hope that you enjoyed the episode and you got as much out of it as I did so before I finish up I just want to say a few quick words on my eight-week Nourish Move and Shine program so the Nourish Move and Shine program is group coaching specifically designed for busy ladies so busy mums busy professionals a mix of both um With individual check-ins each week, it has all the perks of the one-to-one coaching with the support and atmosphere and community of the group coaching. So it really is win-win. So I'm a busy working mum of three myself. So I know the challenges that you face. I know how difficult it can be to make time for yourself. Sometimes it can feel impossible. So um, I do get it. Um, It is suitable for anyone who wants to make healthy changes to their lives so anyone from beginners to people looking for a reset and a refocus it's not a restrictive diet you won't get a meal plan i don't believe in meal plans and it's about making small changes gradually to build the foundations for lasting change so what's included personalized calories and hand portions food lists step goals at home or gym based workouts, whichever you prefer, you'll have four work workout programs to choose from. Mindset work, which is a huge, important part of the program, which I think sets it apart from a lot of programs out there. Um, you will have app access. You'll be in a WhatsApp group for support, which is always a fantastic resource and um, great community. One-to-one support through email and WhatsApp. So you'll have access to me one-to-one on WhatsApp and um, and email as well. Fun challenges throughout the eight weeks, measurements and progress checks every four weeks. We don't take our weight or measurements or photos every week. We do it every four weeks because who has time to be doing it every week? And I don't think that it's particularly beneficial to be doing it every single week. But you will have your weekly check-in form to fill out and you will hear back from me individually every week. So there is no Hiding from me, uh, there's no hiding in this program. But you will always be met, met with kindness, understanding, and never judgment. I don't take that drill sergeant approach, but I'm very much kind of solution orientated and will help guide you for the week ahead to overcome whatever obstacles you're facing to reach your goals. So, if you're interested, contact me on any of my social media: um, Instagram, TikTok. Facebook Kate Hamilton Health there's a link in the bio of each of those pages as well where you can actually sign up and um you can also do so on my website which is katehamiltonhealth.com so it runs every 8 weeks throughout the year so then as i'm recording this we are going into the current one on the 10th of July but there will also be a program starting early September And again, in late October, so they'll be there'll be two more programs after. the. So there'll be July, September and end of October will be the last for this year. And we will have more in the new year then again also. So I will chat to you all again soon.